0: And you can try it out for free. Just go to truestfancoaching.com forward slash free dash access and sign up. That's truestfancoaching.com forward slash free dash access. I hope to see you there. The
1: reason that it's hard for people to delegate is because they want to be in control. They want to have their fingerprints, their hands, where a successful leader, and I see this every day, when you are a good leader, you do two primary things, I think.
0: What we encourage our clients to do is put on the leadership hat, take off the manager hat. Put on the hat of being the person that really wants to set a vision and propel things forward and not manage the things that you have. Welcome to the Truest Fan Blueprint, a podcast for financial advisors and other professionals looking to get the most out of yourself and your business. I'm Rob Brown, and my partner, Phil Calandra, and I promise to walk you through a journey that will allow you to take action in your business and your life so that you can be the best that you can possibly be. Thanks for listening. Yes, you have it right. It is time for the Truest Fan Blueprints. Rob Brown here along with my partner Phil. Hey Phil. Hi Rob. Good to be with you again. Absolutely. Uh, Phil, I am I'm excited about this conversation because we really teed it up on the last podcast. Uh, one of the things that we focused on was the importance of saying no. I mean no is is part of our 4D framework, a process that we teach our clients for how they get the most important things done and the Ds just really quickly are what should you delete what should you delegate what should you defer put off into the future and then what should you do right now and we want to talk about one of those Ds today because it's it's essential um and it's delegate there's a great quote that we read and not sure who said this it's it's attributed to that great unknown um, but the quote is delegation is not about micromanaging. It's about trusting others to do their best work. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times in working with a client, a successful client, great business owners who are afraid to delegate, number one, because they like to have their hands in everything. They are micromanagers. But number two, they kind of say something like, I would never give something somebody else on my team to do that I wouldn't be willing to do myself, which is a great thing to say, but it's a horrible thing to do. Yes, you should be willing to do it yourself. You never know when you might have to pitch in because somebody's unexpectedly out of the office and you've got to pick up the ball and run for them. But that doesn't mean that that work is not important work that is okay to pass along to somebody else on the team who is better suited to do it. I mean, that's, okay. that's really kind of at the root of delegation, finding the people on your team who are better suited to do the other important work that needs to be done that you as the team owner, team leader shouldn't be doing. So I, th- I think that's, that's really important. I know, Phil, you've seen that over and over again in your work.
1: Yeah. Time and time. I, I I was listening to the quote that you had given. Delegation is not about micromanaging. It's about trusting others to do the best work. You've never heard the term micro leader, but you've heard the term micromanager. Right. And that's what we're talking about. A good leader delegates. A good manager manages. One's about people. One's about processes and systems. Don't confuse the two. The people that can't delegate are the ones that are, in my view, probably need to work on leadership because they want to manage the process. They're afraid to give it up. What's the old saying? You've all heard it. If you want something done right, do it yourself. Take that out of your your vernacular. Take that out of your mind because that's not going to propel your business. As a firm owner, it's not going to propel you as an individual. You have to have the ability to think there's no micro leader there's a micromanager.
0: I love that. I love that. I've never heard that said before, not even in <laughs> preparation for this podcast. It just came, uh, just
1: came to me, Rob. Just, yeah. It
0: just comes. I know. I know. It's, that's what happens when you've got so much uh, gray matter in between your ears. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a great point because what we're encouraging our listeners to do, what we encourage our clients to do is put on the leadership hat, take off the manager hat. Yeah. Put on the hat of being the person that really wants to set a vision and propel things forward and not not manage the things that you have. It, it kind of reminds me of my first job as a manager. I was totally ill-prepared for helping the advisors, the financial advisors who worked for me at the time to coach them into growing their businesses. I was really good at growing my business. I was a really good producer I mean, I grew faster than a lot of advisors and that's why they made me a manager. But I had never thought about how do I take what I know and translate it to others. And I had to learn that. I mean, I did learn that. I became a very good manager and leader. But what I did first was micromanage. I would go around and look for like little things that I could fix because that made me feel like I was getting something done. And like back then, like a a sending a FedEx envelope was extraordinarily expensive. We're making telephone calls were really expensive. They actually charged you by the minute and I would like micromanage all of these little things when there was really somebody else there on my team whose job that was, and I just needed to empower them to oversee the expenses and right. get out of the way and go go do what I was really put in a position to do is lead the growth of the business. But I, I didn't know how to delegate, and I didn't know. How to lead. I mean, that made me a pretty lousy leader manager for I don't know how yeah. how long it took me to to kind of work my way out of that. But fortunately, I did.
1: I, I th- yeah, I think you're right there. The reason that is hard for people to delegate is because they want to be in control. They want to have their fingerprints, their hands. Where a successful leader, and I see this every day, when you are a good leader. You do two primary things, I think. You cast the vision, you build the culture, and you get out of the way. Because if you've got the right people in place, maybe it's the fact that you don't have the right people or you haven't identified the right people within your organization. The talent may very well be on the bench. You just haven't pointed them and told them to, to get it on the field. You haven't put them in the game. And that becomes the problem all along because then the manager or the, the pseudo leader can't delegate because they have very little confidence that what the goal is going to be carried out. And the reason that is, is because the leader didn't cast the vision and they didn't build the right culture.
0: That Those are great points. and I think where that really extends is in identifying the, the vision and the culture. You're also deciding who's going to be on your team and whether you're trying to harness the talents of the folks who are already on the team so that you can, as the quote said a little bit ago, trust them to do th- their best work, or you're delaying hiring because you don't know how to describe the position that you want to add to the team so that you can, again, trust people and help them do their best work. That that becomes a you know, really important. So part of good delegation is having the right people to delegate to on your internal team. Uh, but also many of the folks listening to this podcast have other people who help support their businesses in home off- offices, or yeah. maybe they work with other, in a professional network where they work with other attorneys or accountants that work with their clients. There are things yeah. that can be delegated externally too, but thinking about as you're as you're looking at what you need to get done as you're working through your priorities and your action plan, I'm thinking about, okay, who do I have that I can delegate things to? And then what are those things that I should delegate? You have to have a system.
1: Yeah. And I think when you think about delegating, the whole purpose of delegation is to give that that thing, that item, that process, that activity. The idea of delegation is to give it to somebody that's better equipped, that's better at executing that particular item or that particular project. I I think it's the way I would say it is great leaders are never the smartest people in the room. Great leaders built the team around them. They brought the smartest people in the room and they're comfortable. Their ego is small enough that they step away from it and say, I'm not the smartest one to figure that out. You mentioned an attorney. Maybe it's somebody that's built a firm or worked in the capacity that you most need in your current state. But the greatest leaders are never the smartest people in the room. They bring the smartest people in the room. Small leaders, small thinkers, will never do that. They, they don't want to let smart people in the room because then what happens is it diminishes them. That's a poor leader,
0: or they think it will diminish them. When in reality, sure. having the right people around you make you look smart. If looking smart is important to you, and I don't think it necessarily.
1: Yeah, yeah I don't think it's to- about looking smart. It's about getting results. It's about achieving what I say to my clients is, our objective as your advisor is to help you achieve your most cherished financial goals. That's the way I say it to clients. As a firm owner, you should be thinking, I'm going to assemble and delegate to the people that can help our organization reach our most important goal, or uh, you use the word cherished for that matter. But too many times leaders don't do that, or they don't recognize who is the best person to delegate to, and then it just kind of spins out of control forever.
0: Yeah, and that takes us really back to where I started the podcast in talking about our 4D framework, because whether you're looking at your daily to-do list or looking at the list of possible action items for your truest Fan action plan that you're going to work on for the next sprint, you can look at that list of possibilities and say, okay, I've got stuff on here that really isn't important. I'm going to delete it. I'm just going to get rid of it because you're trying to get to the things that you are going to do. But number two, ask yourself, what among these action items, these to-do items can I delegate and who should I delegate that to? That cuts down on the things as a leader that you need to work on because you in your planning and prioritizing process are deciding who to push that task, that action item out to on your team or outside of your team right. that's best at it because that's why they're on your team.
1: Right. And I think the micromanager, if they will get out of their own way and they would learn to delegate, what they'll find is that the team members, the people that they've assembled around them, the cream rises to the top, right? You will all of a sudden discover. Things about people that you didn't know. You didn't know that they were so skilled and so capable because you got out of the way and you let that happen. People, it's human nature, I think, for people to naturally want to learn. We've talked in the past, Rob, about the importance of reading, right? People naturally, I think human nature naturally wants to get better. They want to be successful. They want to be part of a winning team. Micromanagers won't let that happen. Good yeah. leaders will allow it to happen.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely right. And, and what you were saying there, Phil, reminded me of something that happened a few months ago with a client who was thinking about getting rid of one of his team members because he was offering that team member a promotion to kind of come out of the back office and go into the front office. And he asked me to talk to that team member on his behalf just to see what was wrong, what was, what was off about what was being offered and this team member who was in the back office says, I like being in the back office. And if you go back and talk to my boss about the changes that I made in the back office that have made what we do better, he probably couldn't name them. But if you asked him that in front of me and I said what they are, He'd go, "Wow, I didn't know it was you that did that." Yeah. So, good. so that was just a case of delegating work to someone who was really good at doing the back office grind, yeah. who loved the grind, and in yeah. loving the grind, his talents really came out and made a difference to everybody on the team. And yeah. if I if I were slapping anybody's hand, it would have been the leader of that team because he wasn't recognizing. What was being done? yeah, because he had properly delegated but didn't appreciate it. and he was trying to turn a team member that was really good from what he was anyway's doing into something that he thought he needed more. And that was yeah, like,
1: that's uh, so good, yeah, that's so good, Rob. i I think in my own practice when we were in massive growth mode, Trish, she had series seven sixty five, six, sixty three. And if you asked her, she just didn't want to be out front. She didn't want to be client facing. She wanted to be in the back. She wanted to be the heartbeat of the practice. And that's what propelled our success. It was recognizing you naturally would think, well, you have all these licensing fees. Naturally, this person should be doing financial planning, working with the client. She came to Atlanta and said, no, that's not what I want to do. I said, okay, you're not going to do that. You create all the systems and processes behind the scene. You become the heartbeat, and then the business went
0: like that. And and it went like that. Not only because she was doing some of her best work behind the scenes, it gave you time to do your best work. And so that was, which takes it back to that idea of delegation. But delegation has it almost takes on a life of its own. It's like kind of like compound interest. The more you delegate and give the right tasks to the right people so they can do your best work, yeah. the more things are going to flush. Yeah.
1: And then you could keep going down the list, Rob. Then it becomes fulfilling. It becomes motivating. It becomes satisfactory. It becomes this balanced life, whatever that means. It it, f- it fills so many different points when you're able to delegate and put people in the proper role that they can do their best and full and have fun and get fulfillment and enjoyment out of it. One of the things that we've always said, and, and and you helped us do this in our practice years ago, was for delegation to work, you have to have a system for it to work. And I'd love it if you could kind of share in whatever time you feel like we have left, how do people develop a system? How do they develop a process process? to breed this healthy delegation, which in turn breeds healthy leadership and not micro leadership, true leadership.
0: All right, Phil. So since we don't have a ton of time left and I could go on, and maybe that will be our next podcast. We'll we'll get into some of these ideas even more. I'm just going to leave the listeners with an action item that I promise that if you're not already doing this and you put this on your list of things to put to work, a month from now, you're going to be shocked at the increase in your productivity and you're going to be doing something that you really think you don't want to do. And what that is, is what I call a daily scrum. Some people call it a daily stand up meeting. Being a fan of the Cleveland Indians, I used to call it a powwow. <laughs> but the idea is stand up with everybody on your team. Or if you could have to do it virtually, do it virtually every single day for about 15 minutes. And in that 15 minutes, everybody has to answer three questions. What did I accomplish yesterday that's important for the team to know about? Not every little thing, but prepared a great presentation or financial plan for our client that's coming in today. So what what was a big thing that I did yesterday? What's the most important thing that I'm working on today that people on the team should be aware of? And then to ask, Either to ask for help or to offer help, saying, okay, what I did yesterday, what I'm working on today, I've got some extra time today. And I've heard somebody else on the team say that they need some help. I'm going to be able to jump in and help. Or I've got a couple of big things that I'm working on today. If anybody has any extra time, can you help me with this? And so that way, doing that scrum, doing that stand up meeting, you're creating delegation with the team, through the team, and you'll get a lot more done. And I said, it's not something that most advisors I talk to want to do. I say, I'm going to recommend that you have a daily meeting. And they're like, I hate meetings. I don't want to have any meetings, a daily meeting. And then they do it for a month They go, Why didn't we start doing that years ago? So Mm -hmm. that's my delegation tip for this. I I think, Phil, that was probably the- uh,
1: That's where I wanted you to go with it, Rob, uh, because we started doing this years ago. And man, if you want to pour grease- On the skids of delegation, try it. I challenge our listeners, try it. It will work. That's exactly where I wanted you to take this because it creates a system and why people can't get out. The reason they don't do it, micro-leadership, be a leader. If you don't want to do it daily, maybe do it every two days. If you can't do it every two or three days, do it once a week. I promise, and I don't promise much, this will be a game changer for most firm owners and most firm leaders.
0: Yeah. But I, but I do want to encourage you, do it every day. It, it's To yeah. me, the more days you do it, the better off you're going to be. So I heard Phil give you a little bit of a breather there. I gave you a sure break. That. I give no <laughs> breaks. Anyway, well, it's been great being with you, Phil. I think it's time to let our audience know how much we appreciate them being here. We want to encourage you, if you're uh, listening to this podcast um, and you didn't know, we're also over on youtube we'd love for you to subscribe to our youtube channel but also like this podcast and share it we want to we want to get the word out we really want to build the truest fan community because as always we're rooting for your success take care everybody thanks for joining us for this episode of the truest fan blueprint if you want to learn more head over to our website truestfan.com on the site, you'll learn more about becoming a truest fan. You'll also find today's show notes and links to the other gifts and resources we talked about during this episode. Again, thanks for listening. And remember, we're rooting for your success.